There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lost by a score of 109 to uh, 102. Against the Philadelphia 76ers, this is the second game that the Raptors have played the Sixers um, in the span of three days. And, um, yeah, not quite the same result. Um, I think it was still a very hard-fought game. And, I, you know, I, I think coming into this game, we would realistically have expected a split from the Raptors. It is very difficult to beat a, a good team two times in a row. Um, and especially a team that... You know, has versatile pieces, you know, on the roster, can um, adjust, you know, a coaching staff that can adjust. And just, look, I mean, look, Doc Rivers has taken a, a hit um, recently, I think, obviously, when you blow 3-1 leads, 3-3-1 leads, um, you know, you're going to get some heat on you, whatever. Uh, but at the same time, <laughs> you know, you compare how differently the Sixers play in these two games as compared to how similarly the the Bucks played in those two losses that they had against the Raptors is different. Whereas the, the Bucks really didn't change much other than putting in like Thanasis Adenokumbo randomly, which I mean come on, what was that really gonna do? Uh whereas the Sixers actually I think made pretty good adjustments, especially in the first quarter where they had a huge lead. Just you know, they jumped all over the Raptors. Thirty seven to eighteen. They had no Seth Curry tonight. They put Furkan Korkmaz in and Furkan Korkmaz torched the Raptors uh, spoiler alert, he's already the Gerald Henderson Award winner. You don't even need me to tell you that. You knew that just from watching this game. Uh, Korkmaz had 16 points in the first quarter alone. And that included four threes. That included four free throws as well. That included a three-point foul and then also a technical free throw that he knocked down. Uh, you know, it was bad. And I think, look, the Sixers just did a better job of recognizing sort of how the Raptors are going to defend them, right? Because clearly the Raptors' defensive scheme worked pretty well against the Sixers. It, it worked well uh, that the Raptors pretty much ran it again tonight, and I, and I really don't have that many issues with the Raptors' defense tonight. Um, but 
in the first quarter, my main issue is not schematically. It was just uh, in terms of energy, the Raptors were a step slow tonight, and all the guys admitted it. Um, at least in the first quarter, they tightened up and everything was good from there on. But that first quarter kind of killed them. Uh, and the Sixers did a really good job of spacing the floor. That's one of the biggest issues with the Sixers. When you have, you know, a post-up player like Embiid, but then you also have another non-shooting wing like Simmons who has the ball a lot and handles, you can get into situations where their spacing is bad. And if you have you watched any Sixers games, you can tell that some games they just don't space the floor well. And when they do that, it makes it really easy to lock down on the paint, send doubles, especially a team like the Raptors who are very good at doubling and rotating. Again, outside of the first quarter tonight where they were bad at it. But, um, you know, their spacing just looked a lot better. Like, it was a lot cleaner. And what I mean by that is, if Embiid is posting up on the block, and on one side of the floor, then you have shooters, two shooters stationed on the opposite side of the floor. You can kind of kick out, swing, swing, into the corner, open three. And there was a lot of that from the Sixers, um, and a lot of that was Furkan Korkmaz, who, again, just torched the Raptors early on. Uh, of course, you know, he uh, had to look up numbers, and he coming into this game, he was a 31% shooter from three. But, you know, he, he's obviously a guy who can shoot, and... Um, yeah, good for the Sixers. So they jumped all over the Raptors and took the Raptors a, a huge effort to just sort of slowly climb back in. Um, but I do like the effort that the Raptors showed. Um, and I'll, I'll say that much for sure. I think first off, the Raptors won the second quarter defensively and they went from the Sixers scoring 37 points to 18 points. Uh, the, the, the scoring went 37, 18, 24, and then 30. And really, the Sixers only scored 30 in the fourth quarter because the Raptors literally extended the game by another half hour just through intentional fouling. And, and basically just like, uh, you know, the, the comparison I made on Twitter was um, the Raptors pulled up to the drive through window at 11.59 p.m. and ordered 12 Big Macs. Uh, combo. It's not even just a, just, 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 just a sandwich. Like, literally the whole combo. And the Sixers had to play it out. I mean, look, literally the Raptors were down like 10 points with a minute left. Generally speaking, that's just the game you just call, right? But the Raptors were pressing full court. They were trapping. They were intentionally fouling. Danny Green was throwing bad passes, as he does. And, you know, the Raptors were making this weird little comeback. And the Raptors were drawing up after timeout plays and, you know, inbounding and substituting and, and putting pole court pressure. It was really fun. Obviously, the Raptors were never going to win that, but it was good practice, I thought. And it was really good. I mean, especially since the Raptors didn't play the first quarter, why not play a little bit extra of the fourth quarter? I, I didn't mind that at all. And, in fact, the, the idea of, <laughs> of frustrating the Sixers and sort of um, getting them to slip up once or twice. I mean, it's great. I mean, the Raptors did the same thing to them. If you remember last season, the Raptors lost to the uh, Sixers in Philadelphia. Uh, and they started doing this, like, full-court press. And the Sixers were starting to turn it over. The Raptors were down, like, 20 points in the fourth quarter. And they're doing that. I didn't mind that. But, nevertheless, I thought the Sixers game plan for the Raptors well to start. But the Raptors, honestly, locked down defensively from that point onward. And if you look at things from, you know, game to game... You have to say that absolutely the Raptors did a good job on Joel Embiid once again. I would say even even better job against Embiid, which I didn't think was actually possible given the fact that the Raptors no longer have the same size on the interior as they once did last season with Mark and Serge. But um, it was <laughs> it was pretty effective, and you really have to hand it to Baines. He was really good in both these games. Um, the first game, uh, what Embiid shot 6-20. of 20. He got 14 free throw attempts and got to 25 points. Whatever the free throws are, the free throws. Whatever, man. He's he's gonna get some free throws, but he still shot twenty times. And I think the Raptors still want to limit his attempts. And today, Embiid only took thirteen field goal attempts. He made his second basket late in the third quarter on a step back 
you know, three, some, some, just an absolute BS shot. Uh, finished the game three of 13 from the field, had six turnovers. I mean, the Raptors just swarmed the hell out of this guy. And of course, he got his standard 12 free throws because, you know, you just have to. I mean, listen, if anyone, you know, uh, breathes in the vicinity of Joel Embiid, if anyone violates his COVID uh, safety protocol somehow, but just by being in a six foot space, that's an automatic foul. It's in the NBA rule book this season. Um, whereas if Norman Powell gets dragged down out of midair, uh, by his wrists and collapses to the ground, there is no foul in the play. And in fact, Norman Powell should be assessed to technical for thinking there should be a foul. That was ridiculous. And I'll get to that. But, um, Raptors did an amazing job on Embiid, honestly. And Embiid looked mad tired at the end, sweating. The Raptors obviously were pressing him, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, 18 points for Embiid, three of 13 shooting. And you have to give a lot of that credit to Baines for the initial defense. Uh, I mean, Baines shot a better percentage from the field than Embiid did. Baines was 5 of 10 with a 3 involved. So, you know, Baines was really good in that role. And this is why the Raptors brought Baines in, to do this kind of stuff. And um, (laughs) it's hard to say Baines will look really good when there was also one play tonight that was absolutely the play of the game where um, Matt Thomas drove baseline, drew two defenders to him. Baines was, you know, uh, spotting up. For a little push shot. And said he literally shot the shot behind him. Like he, the ball slipped coming out of his hand. And the ball literally traveled farther away from his the, the, the Sixers basket. Then Whatever man. It, it, it's, a, it's a hilarious play. If you haven't seen it already go watch it. But in any case Baines was really good. And I don't really want to bring negativity towards him. He was really good tonight. And I thought the Raptors did a really good job of just like executing their t- and their schemes around him. I thought earlier on MB did a good job of getting the ball out. But the Raptors became more. Instead of sort of laying off that pressure and letting Embiid kind of play more one-on-one and sticking closer to the shooters, Raptors did a better job of just attacking his dribble. If you're going to double, really double-team this guy, okay? Really, really double. And I thought guys like Fred were awesome at doing this. I mean, Fred tonight was sensational defensively. Offensively, you can question it, okay? He didn't shoot a good percentage, not nearly as good as he did last game, where he was phenomenal. But having said that, two steals, four blocks, and Fred forced, like, three jump balls as well. <laughs> like, it was wild seeing him just get in there and just disrupt people, man. This guy was swiping Ben Simmons. This guy was swiping Joel Embiid repeatedly. There was one play right before, you know, again, uh, Ben Simmons just literally tackled, uh, you know, Norm Powell out of midair with no with no foul called on the play. Um, where right before that... There was a jump ball between Joel Embiid and Fred VanVleet. And the reason there was a jump ball between the two of them was because Embiid was trying to force his way against uh, Baines. And Fred got in there and swiped and broke his dribble three times before finally tying him up. This guy swatted the ball out of his hands three times on the same possession. You know how wild that is. And, of course, Embiid tips the ball and Norm got in the fast break. And and uh, Simmons got away with murder, as, as he as he does. But... They did a really good job defensively against Embiid. Um, and I thought they did a good job against Simmons as well. Simmons wasn't nearly as uh, physical in terms of, like, you know, we saw in that first game, you just punching through guys. Uh, I mean, today he was just punching through Norm with no foul. Again, I, I don't understand this officiating crew. And, again, I just have to point out, it's been the same official that, that, that threw out Kyle Lowry and it was in another game as well. These games have not gone well, and it's been an absolute refereeing show. Um in all these games. But in, but in any case, Ben Simmons was not as physical going to the basket. I thought the Raptors did a better job putting size on him, um, not giving him as much space to separate and elevate. Um, and, yeah, you know, uh, you you could live with the effort that Simmons gave you. And, and listen, 
if you play this kind of defense, you're going to give up some threes. And the Raptors gave up some threes. The Sixers are not necessarily a high-volume three-point shooting team. But when you force Embiid and Simmons out of the paint, they are going to kick it out. And guys made their shots. And that's why, you know, you can't be too mad at, you know, the result. I mean, Tobias Harris, 3 of 4 from 3. Well, most of those are open. You know, Danny Green, uh, 3 of 9 from 3. Most of those are open. Uh, Korkmaz, you know, he cooled off significantly after the first quarter, but this guy, you know, was open for a lot of his shots. And Shake Milton, the same deal. So, um, you know, it's uh, you, you kind of live with that. And the the weird thing is, just on the fl- on the flip side, the Raptors were not able to get their three point shooting going. I thought the Raptors obviously uh, shot the ball beautifully in the first game. You know, Chris Boucher had that ridiculous stretch off the bench. Fred was hitting some huge threes. The two of them combined for 10 threes in in the first game. This game, the two of them combined for only four three-point attempts. And I think the Sixers did a better job of containing initial penetration um, and sort of, you know, getting up on guys. Obviously, when you get burned by Boucher two nights earlier, you're going to know to this time respect this jumper a little bit more. Uh, But... You know, Raptors overall shot 11 to 37, and, and you had guys who had tons of open looks. Norm Powell, uh, OG Anobi, OG was 207, Norm was 209. These guys had a lot of open looks that just did not go down. And, you know, even Terrence Davis had a missed open shot that, uh, that would have cut the lead to the, the deficit to seven points early in the fourth quarter. You know, Norm had a wide open three that, you know, didn't drop. Fred had some open threes that didn't drop. You know, Pascal shot one of six. He had some rushed attempts, but, um, you know, honestly, just sometimes games come down to variation and three-point shooting. And, you know, the Raptors actually did a better job of scoring in the paint than the Sixers, which is wild to me. Obviously, you look at the Sixers, how big they are. They're bigger than the Raptors across all the positions. And yet, the Sixers scored 30 points in the paint. And the Raptors scored 54 points in the paint. Now, part of that difference is that the Raptors uh, fouled the Sixers a bunch uh, near the basket to prevent them from scoring points in the paint. But they did shoot, you know, 30 free throws as compared to 13 for the Raptors. So, you know, that number is not as lopsided. But the fact that the Raptors had that much success in the paint against the Sixers is pretty amazing. And I think that that does show some maturity in the offense that they're able to get guys going a little bit more. You know, I thought Davis got some good looks. Uh, he had a stretch there where he scored like, eight, you know, six straight points. You know, Baines got, you know, a few dunks in. And some of those against Embiid, you know. Um, Norm got to the basket quite a bit. Pascal got to the basket quite a bit. And, you know, that's against one of the toughest paint defenses in the league. Like, the, the Sixers are not easy to score against because they have Joel Embiid, who's in the paint all the time, no three-second call ever. Um, they have Dwight Howard as his backup, and, you know, I'm just going to leave that at that. I just, uh, you know, don't want to have another Jim Boylan moment. Um, or not a Jim Boylan moment. What was it? A John Beeline moment. Um but, you know, Tobias Harris, he's pretty big, you know, and Simmons also a very, very physical defender who, you know, I mean, he does have one block on his ledger tonight, which, you know, should be a foul and really a flagrant. But in any case, you know, he's a very athletic defender as well, who's very big. So it's not easy to score on the paint against the Sixers, is what I'm trying to say. And the Raptors did a really good job of that. So I think there's lots of positives to take from this one, even though the Raptors, you know, trailed from the start and couldn't really catch up. So they kind of lost wire to wire. But I love the effort that they gave tonight. And I, I like the fact that they made life so difficult for the Sixers down the stretch. Again, completely needless, completely unnecessary, except for the fact that the Raptors just said, screw you. <laughs> yeah, we're playing a back-to-back tomorrow night. We don't care. We're just going to... We're just going to use this as practice. You know, we're going to practice some end of game plays here. Uh, we're going to practice different situations, some scenarios. You know, let's practice our full court press. Let's practice, uh, our traps on, on the inbounds. Let's practice, um, 
you know, our, our out of time, uh, timeout plays. Let's, uh, you know, we got a new coaching staff right now, right? Because Chris Finch was just hired by the Timberwolves and, um, you know, Sergio Scariolo, the other, one of the other three lead assistants is, uh, in quarantine because he just came back from overseas coaching the Spanish national team in Poland, I believe. So the Raptors got a, you know, makeshift coaching staff, you know, they, they literally like it's next man up, but it's with coaches. And, you know, you got, um, Coach Jama, who coached the uh, well, he's been an assistant coach with the Raptors for a, for a while, even under Dwayne Casey. Then he coached the 905, and now he's come back to the to the NBA, and you know he got a chance to sort of sit front row. Um, assistant coach John Goodwillie got a chance to sit front row. He's the uh, he's the really tall guy, six seven. Um, you know, he used to be a, a long time video coordinator. He's Canadian as well, I believe from um, Niagara Falls or that area, St. Catharines, but. In any case, uh, he got a chance to sit right beside Nick Nurse. And you know what? Listen, it's a makeshift coaching staff. So let's give the coaching staff an opportunity to try new stuff and, and get some end-of-game reps. So I, I love the way the Raptors approached it. And yeah, they were always fighting a losing battle. But I would much prefer the Raptors to fight than for them to just, you know, just call it quits. And I, I, I like that about them. So um, in terms of other positives, I thought... Um, I thought Pascal's handle looked a lot better. And I never say that because Pascal's handle is something that sometimes can look really silly and sloppy, right? And, you know, he's... Um, sometimes it limits him from getting to the spots that he wants to go. Sometimes, it because his handle isn't as tight, it prohibits him from driving and opportunities where he could potentially drive, except for the fact that his handle is being cut off or swiped at or checked or anything like that. You know, but, you know, Pascal did a really good job using his handle to create space. And I'm not saying he did some Kyrie Irving stuff, you know, no Jamal Crawford double behind the back, you know, n- you know, nothing like that. Um, n- you know, we're not even talking about, you know, the uh, the dribble package that Matt Thomas has, but you know, he was getting guarded by Ben Simmons, who again, very physical defender, very very aggressive defender. You know, he he likes to play that sort of super aggressive style where he'll he'll bump into you and and you know nearly kill Norman Powell in the process. And again, I'm not, I just really dislike Ben Simmons at this point. He's just, yeah. Anyway, just don't, I don't even, I don't even like the Mona Lisa anymore. That's how much I dislike Ben Simmons, but, um, you know, Pascal, I mean, he was able to use his dribble and drop Simmons. Like, and, and again, it's not nothing too complicated, you know, but it's sort of just like the quick twitch right to left, change directions, pivot, stop, get to the basket. Uh, you know, it was really really fun to watch you know you don't usually see pascal beat guys like that you don't see pascal drop guys and he did that tonight and i think most defenders are overplaying against them because they know they can attack him but listen if he just has some basic moves that he can continuously use right like that he can sort of use that crossover to get him some space he's so quick he's so athletic he's so long he doesn't need that much space created for him like he doesn't need to cross a guy drop him entirely just to get an open shot no literally just literally shifting the guy's weight putting his momentum against him and then going to the basket like judo style like that's like kind of all you really need from pascal and i thought pascal did a really good job of that at least three or four times tonight i was like you know audibly gasping at my television uh or my laptop let's be real who's watching television um just had Pascal's handle. And I thought he did a really good job tonight. Um, you know, he had to obviously take some shifts against Embiid, had to, you know, battle Dwight Howard a few times. Um, again, no John Beeline comments from me. But, uh, you know, 9 of 18 from the field for Pascal, got to the basket, you know, was was really good. And, and the assists, this guy's had like 
seven straight games now of, of six assists or more. Actually, let me get the specific number. I just feel like I sometimes I just throw stats out there and no one's here to check me. Uh, maybe I should, you know, be an accurate reporter once in a while and actually <laughs> look it up. Uh, I don't know if it's seven straight games, but I'll pull up the game logs. And, yeah, okay, so six assists against Minnesota, six against uh, Milwaukee, five against Milwaukee, six against Minnesota, eight against Philly in the first game. So I was off by one. One of those games he was only at five. Whoops, my bad. But, yeah, seriously, like seven straight games now where – He's or six straight games now where he's uh he's he's had over five or five or more assists and I thought his um his playmaking was good you know it's nothing again it's nothing too flashy it's not like he's gonna kill the whole defense break everyone down drop everybody and then throw some ridiculous dime he doesn't need to do that but again because defenses are so sh- shifted towards Pascal even the simple plays running the break correctly driving reading the the, the defender a quick early pass you know working the pick and roll. Uh, you know, finding the you know, short roll, finding the, sh- the shooters, you know, working in the post, kicking it out. Pascal's playing a good rhythm tonight, man. And, and, and again, like, the Sixers are a tough matchup for him because, again, they have two really, really tough defenders with Simmons and also Embiid at the basket. But Pascal did a really good job. And there were only a few occasions where I thought he forced it. And, and um, you know, and really he had an efficient night, if you, especially, especially if you're looking at the two-point shots, man, because he shot one of six from three. And that's whatever. Like, he's obviously, we know he's an inconsistent shooter. But he was good. I thought Bembry had some really nice moments. Uh, he, you know, he, you know, swarming Ben Simmons, you know, causing a turnover. You know, Bembry's a little bit of a gambler sometimes. He will give up the um, the angle for a cut, for a drive, you know, when he overplays. But a very smart player, picks his moments the right way. And I like aggressive. If you're going to play defense, play defense aggressively. Especially under Nick Nurse, he loves you know defenders who can create deflections and get the Raptors out on the break. And Bembry did a really good job of that, and he definitely won more than he uh, he lost. You know, obviously he's not going to create too much in the half court, but you know in the open floor, you know, save for one fast break that he kind of botched. Otherwise, you know, Bembry has done a really good job either finishing the play in transition or scoring in transition. Norm thought he recovered well from. Uh, that hit from Ben, which again, <laughs> Fred was asked about it after the game, and Fred said he thought Norm was going to choke somebody, like he was, or strangle somebody, like it was, he was, this guy was, <laughs> he was seeing Homer Simpson as, as his backcourt partner, but, um, you know, but seriously though, Norm, dangerous play, and I'm actually really happy he's somehow unscathed from it because he fell really hard. It was a scary fall, which is what happens when you get pulled out of midair. Somehow the referees didn't hear that though. I mean, listen, I'm going back to this play, and this is the last time I'll talk about it because I don't want to belabor it too much. It just continues to bother me because it's so negligent. But first off, it's a play on the ball. It's the only two players involved in the play because Norm is ahead of the pack and, and Simmons is chasing down from behind a step, a step late. So all three referees should be pointing their eyes. So you have, should have six eyes on the play, on the ball. There's no one else even involved. Literally everyone else has given up on the play. And... Even if all six eyes miss the fact, you know, because the guys are flying all around, right? These are world-class athletes. Maybe you don't see it, right? And maybe you just say, wow, Ben Simmons with a great chase down. Even if you don't see that for some reason, and you don't consider the fact that, wow, why did Norm Powell just fall out of the out of the sky like that? Uh, you know, that seems suspicious. Even if you thought all of that, did you not hear that? Because he got smacked squarely across the arms. And the sound of arm on arm, the smacking of flesh, is very different than the smack of a ball, a hand on a ball. Because that sounds like a ping. 
That doesn't sound like a smack. So again, even if you just didn't see it with your six eyes in the in the in the in the uh, arena, it's an empty arena. There's nothing else there to distract you. There's only two players involved in the play. And they have the ball. Even if that's the case, how did you not hear it? And again, this is just really frustrating. But anyways, Norm had a really good game. Um, despite all that, I, I asked Norm uh, after the game because it feels like defenses are really keying on him and more. Like I thought it was, you know, the first time I've seen a, a team where. You know, that first game against Philly, uh, Matisse Thibault had like three fouls on Norm Powell at the start of the second quarter, just trying to pressure up and, and uh, you know, aggressively sort of take him out of the play. And, um, you know, I asked Norm, like, are you seeing defenses tighten up more on you? And he said, yeah, pretty much. I mean, like this game, well, this series against Philly and also that first game against the Bucks, the first time he's really noticed defenses really playing him differently. And I, I really commend Norm for the fact that you haven't been able to really notice that because he's continuously just finding ways to beat the defense. He's still playing his game. Like, he, he didn't hit the threes tonight, but those are wide-open threes. And a lot of those are great looks. He got a great look at the end of the game, too, which wouldn't have affected the outcome. But still a good play ran by the Raptors. Good execution. Just didn't hit the shot. Um, but Norm has been able to get into the paint. He's able to score in the paint. Show no fear against Embiid. Uh, got on transition. And again, you know, whatever. The Simmons thing is what it is. Um you know, and, you know, they got some decent performances off the bench. You know, TD has really, st- uh, you know, become more steady in the last uh, week or so. Baines has looked much better uh, outside of that one circus play, which, again, that's guaranteed going to be winning Shaq in a fool this week. Uh, Chris Boucher, you know, didn't explode as you normally did, but, um, you know, he was still able to hit two threes. And, and, and look good for a stretch. He just got into foul trouble, which does happen with him. Again, with the Sixers being so big, it is a problem for Boucher's uh, in terms of size. So the fact that he picked up four fouls is what kind of limited his effectiveness. And then really it's just, you know, OG and Fred. who You know, OG was a little disappointed with his three-point shooting. You know, obviously he was on such a roll before the injury, right? Like he was, there was like a stretch there of eight straight games. He was over 50%. 50% or better from three for eight straight games. He was shooting like 60% on that stretch. He was taking six threes a game and just knocking everything down, right? He had that 30-point game against Indiana and all that. And since returning, he's four of 19 from three. So I think it's clearly that he's just a little bit rusty with the jumper. And, of course, there could just be some variation. Like, let's say he makes two more threes. That's You're already approaching 40%. So, um, no, no, you're not. I, you know, honestly, as you know, that just shattered the the myth right there. The Asians are great at math. No, but you know, in any case, that could just be variation, is what I'm trying to say. But at the same time, it does feel like he's a little bit off with his timing. You know, there were a couple of opportunities where he kind of passed up the three, or he would try. You know, he had an open look, but he would sidestep into a look that was even less open. A little strange, but he's still scoring on the inside, so that's good. Um, but, you know, not a great game from OG in terms of scoring. And the Raptors do need that, especially against against good defenses. You need everyone to step up and score. And OG, you know, was unable to capitalize on some of his looks tonight. Uh, and then Fred, honestly, man, the thing with Fred is just, you know, if even if he doesn't score on tonight, you know, he would have he would have finished in single digits had it not been for this wild, ridiculous running banked in three with Danny Green draped all over him uh, at the end of the game when the Raptors were chasing the game. Uh, and that led... Fred to finish with 12 points but you know the Sixers did a really good job putting length on him I thought Danny Green played him great honestly throughout the course of the game Danny not fouling out in this game as he did in the first game uh, was a big difference I thought that gave the Sixers a lot more options against Fred they also had Simmons on Fred quite a bit as well and that kind of shut down the Raptors pick and roll game a little bit but 
Fred also just missed some open shots as well. Um, and, you know, again, that's the thing with Fred, though, is just that even though if he's not shooting the three well or even if he's not scoring well, this guy still fills the box score, man. Eight rebounds, eight assists, two steals, four blocks. And that's one of those qualities that I always loved about Kyle because, listen, when you're a small guard, right, and Kyle and Fred are like, you know, 5'11 and six feet tall, right? And and, and and that's not even me slandering them. Like, I've stood beside them, you know. There's a video of me interviewing Fred VanVleet at a, at a Foot Locker event. And I'm like six inches taller than him sitting down. It's just ridiculous. But uh, in any case, you know, when you're short and small, your scoring is not always going to go, you know, consistently, right? It's, it literally takes like an Allen Iverson type or like a Steph Curry type to be that consistent with your scoring when you're undersized. But having said that, though, there's no reason why you can't play a good floor game. And Fred always plays a good floor game, just like Kyle always gives you a good floor game, right? Like, you know. This is a classic Kyle Lowry shooting line is 4-14 from the field with 8 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, and 4 blocks. Uh, you know, maybe he doesn't have the blocks. Maybe he'll give you a charge instead. But, you know, it, it all works. I'll take it all. And Fred, you know, really good defensively. So, really, I have no negative feedback on this game other than, you know, congrats to the Sixers. They took their opportunities. They made it. Um, you know, again, congrats to their coaching staff. They did, they did a better job adjusting. Uh, a lot better than Mike Boonholzer did, and um, yeah, you know the Sixers are a good team, man. They're they're, they're two and eleven. They got two All Stars. Uh, Tobias Harris played All Star esque tonight. Was very efficient. So you just got to hand it to them. Sometimes you just lose, and the Raptors gave their best effort and lost. It is what it is. So uh, in terms of your three stars, the first star I'm going to have to give that to. Uh, I, I'll give it to Norm. Why not? Twenty four points. Uh, 9 of 19 shooting, 2 of 9 from 3, which is disappointing, but 4 of 4 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 6 assists. You don't see Norm with 6 assists that often. Uh, 3 steals as well for Norm, including one really nice cross-court pickoff pass. I think defense is always kind of underestimate. Like, I think offensive players kind of underestimate Norm's length because if he has his hands down, you look at him, you're like, he's 6'3", I can throw the pass over him. And then he just like spreads his like eagle-like wingspan when because he, he's got like a 7'3 wingspan for some reason despite being a guard, and he could just pick out passes on the weak side. Um, you know, and yeah, Norm was good tonight. So, uh, really, he should have more points because of the foul, but whatever. I'm not mad. <laughs> the second star, I'm going to give this to Pascal Siakam. 22.6 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, a block, 9 of 18 from the field, 1 of 6 from 3, but 3 of 3 from the free throw line. Was really good. Uh, had to create a lot of his own offense and did a good job of it. And then third star, honestly, I'm really tempted to give this to Baines because he did do a really good job on ball against Embiid, but Fred's overall game was just wild. Like, you know, again, the scoring is what it is. Scoring is one aspect of the game. It's a big aspect, but it's one aspect. Defense, like, if there was a real, like, I wish there was, like, a defensive version of, like, a 2010 game. from Because this is what Fred had. Like, he had, a def- he had the defensive version of a 30-point game. And that sounds ridiculous, whatever, you can clown it. But seriously, go back and watch how many deflections this guy got. It was outrageous. And again, I have to remind you that Fred Van Vliet is second on the Raptors in blocks. And, you know, obviously Chris Boucher is first, but Fred VanVleet has like 27 blocks on the season. This guy's averaging more than a block a game, or almost a block a game, as, again, a, a five-foot-something guard. So, you know, that's it can, always boggles the mind when I when I see Fred uh, defend at such a high level and, and so consistently. In terms of Gerald Henderson, I've already said it, Furkan Korkmaz, 19 points on the night, seven rebounds, two assists. But really, the key stat is the fact that he had 16 in the first quarter and it was out, it, you know, yeah. It almost made you want to turn off the TV, but turns out it was a pretty interesting game. So, 
that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. In terms of news notes to pass along, so Kyle Lowry, the Raptors said, uh, Nick Nurse said after the game, you know, he he's he's somewhere between questionable and probable. With that sliding scale of you know adjectives that um, you know, uh, I guess NBA teams and sports teams use to describe availability, uh, probability, and um, you know, honestly reminds me of if you if you ever ever played Neopets, you will just have like you have to feed your Neopet, and there's just like 16 different acronyms for hungry. Be like, oh, he's famished. Man's is marved, or like, uh, you know, he's starving. Uh, you know, he, his stomach's gurgling. Like it, it just had a sliding scale. Anyway, it. It's, for some reason, the, the questionable, doubtful, probable scale always reminds me of that Neopet thing. But in any case, feed your Neopet. It's been 20 years. In any case, um, Kyle, probable to return tomorrow. Um, we'll see if that actually happens, though, because I'm not going to call Nick a liar. But sometimes Nick will give information to the media that doesn't necessarily reflect on the availability of, of the actual players. Like the other day, he was like, I can't start small against this team. And he started small against this team. You know what happens, right? It's, it's, it's gamesmanship. It's not lying. It's gamesmanship. Uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, you know, we'll see if Kyle comes back to be honest. I'm a little nervous when Kyle comes back, not necessarily because I don't want him back. Absolutely. I want Kyle Lowry back. Uh, the Raptors finally have finally lost their first game in two years without Kyle Lowry tonight. That then that was, ten, and, and, uh, now they're 16 and one. But, um, the reason I, I'm a little nervous is because I remember the two times Kyle Lowry returned to the lineup last season, once against Miami and once against, uh, uh, Houston, I believe, and there were just some real awkward shooting nights. So hopefully Kyle is ready to go. It's a back to back. It'd be great to have reinforcements. As you know, the Heat have been, you know, they won three straight after losing three straight. So they're still under 500 as far as I'm concerned um, on the season. Uh, so yeah, it would be great to have Kyle. Absolutely, every single situation would be great to have Kyle. But there are games where Kyle comes back after injury where he doesn't have his rhythm. And, you know, because he's also a high-volume player, uh, that can sort of lead to some awkward nights. But in any case, I would like to have Kyle back, and I'm looking forward to seeing him in the lineup again. So that does it for the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Um, watch Run It Back when it's out. Read 10 Things. And, um, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. So tough loss? Not even a tough loss. Just an understandable loss. It's, like, probably the happiest I've been after a loss all season. So. Rappers are doing well of late, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow to recap, uh, hopefully, another great effort. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.